After the city spent, I don't know, most of this year under construction, the Formula One Grand Prix finally arrives in Las Vegas this month on the 16th. The burden that hosting this race has put on the city has been felt by all of us locals, but should we actually be excited for this huge spectacle? Today on CityCast Las Vegas, I sit down with Nevada Independent reporter and uh, F1 superfan Jacob Solis to find out if all the hype is actually worth it. It's Monday, November 6th. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Jacob Solis, welcome to CityCast Las Vegas. Thanks so much for having me. Jacob, I called you a super fan. What makes you excited about F1 being in Las Vegas this month? Well, I have to put it this way, is that there's really no other sport like Formula One. No other racing is like it. This isn't NASCAR. This isn't even IndyCar. These cars are some of the fastest on earth, and they're going, you know, 200 miles an hour down the Las Vegas Strip. People keep saying, like, the word spectacle and stuff, but, like, truly, it's going to be insane. I know I sound like shilly when I say that, but, like, Formula One as a sport is insane and like putting it on the Las Vegas Strip adds another level to that. What what about being on the Strip heightens the insanity? So I think it's important to contextualize what most Formula One races look like. And there's basically two different kinds. There's like a regular race that's at a purpose-built racetrack that's like probably out in the middle of of the woods in Europe. And they go there and it's great and it's good on-track action. And then there are street races. And street races are traditionally more boring as far as actual racing is concerned because of the limitations of, you know, racing on a road. Cities famously don't have that many curves in them. And so what matters then is what that locale actually looks like. And so Formula One races in all over the world. And, you know, you've got a race like Singapore where it's like, okay, cool. They're in this like sparkling, right, South Asian city where you've got the downtown, you've got all the lights, but Mm -hmm. it's in a marina, essentially. Vegas, it's like, no, we're on the strip. You're going to be looking at the strip with these cars going down them. I think there's really not a comparison point for it. I I get some kind of like video game vibe here because a lot of video games drop Vegas into the background, whether it's Grand Theft Auto or so many others. And I, I get that allure that it's the actual real thing. And I guess it's not just the race, the the big one, but there's other events. Are you are you going to any of those? Well, that's the thing about Vegas is like, okay, so other Formula One races will have tons of actual on-track action. So there will be Formula Two races and Formula Three and Porsches will race, race around and they'll do all kinds of stuff. And in Vegas, because they have to close this strip, it's such a huge logistics lift that there are no other support races, they call them. There's stuff like concerts and obviously events. I'm sure all the casinos are going to get in on this as much as they can because they're going to have a captive audience who are basically trapped for, you know, the better part of eight hours. Oh, um, the dream to be yeah, trapped so, in a casino. Oh, yeah. But no, I mean, I'll, I might try and go, but look, it might depend on pricing. So we'll see. 
Well, I guess pricing is one of those major concerns. And let me ask you, superfan Jacob, how can an average Las Vegan get excited about this F1 race coming to our town? For sure. So I think if you are already interested in the sport, the best thing you can do is maybe like find a watch party or something, go to a sports bar, try and I think find other people who are excited and knowledgeable about the race. Because I think like with Formula One fans, I've been watching the sport since 2016. Before the Netflix Drive to Survive series, it was sort of like a Tobias Funke. There are dozens of us, dozens <laughs> in the United States. Um, and so N- like- Nice I think- Arrested <laughs> Development reference there. Yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. And so I think that any Formula One fan in the United States is like really excited to talk about Formula One with literally anybody because there aren't that many of us. There's a lot more now than there used to be, but still it's like, I only know a handful off the top of my head. So I think finding a place you know, that is showing the race. So you don't have to pay several hundred dollars to get into the actual race itself, but you can still watch and get excited for what's happening on track. Now, my my producer whispers in my ear, there does seem to be a fairly uh, high-profile watching party over at Illuminarium at Area 15, and another one over at Top Golf. Uh, so, so people can do those. Um, say you do score tickets, though, Jacob. This is a hypothetical. You you've got tickets anywhere along the racetrack that you want for free. Where are you gonna sit? That's a tough, that's tough to answer because they haven't raced on this track yet. So we have no idea sort of what, what it's going to look like. I'm thinking sort of like maybe near-ish to the sphere, turn one coming around the paddock, because that's where the cars are going to be trying to pass each other, right? That's where the most on-track action is. Other than that, you're just sort of watching them follow each other uh, the entire time, which is fun-ish, but not as exciting as actually fighting on track. So you could plop down like $1,500 for a ticket that's only fun-ish? Well, look, I'll, I'll say this. One, the Vegas tickets are not just expensive. They are expensive like for Formula One. I was talking to a guy for some of my reporting who tracks F1 ticket prices for like a travel package deal. Yeah. And essentially Vegas is almost, you know, four times as, as expensive as the median F1 ticket. It is among, Whoa. It is, yeah, it you know, a $2,000 ticket in Vegas, I mean, it's almost twice as expensive as going to Austin or Miami and Monaco and Mexico City, the other most expensive races, you know, where you're paying a thousand dollars a ticket, maybe. Right. What's that all about, Jacob? You got a speculation on that? You're a reporter. What's your instinct? <laughs> well, from people I've talked to, it's mostly about the kind of clientele they they want. And essentially it's, it's a market demand, right? So they think they can get a lot of high rollers. They think they can get people to pay these prices. And then as soon as in, and then if they can't, they can always lower it later. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. Now, will they continue to lower them? Speaking now on, you know, not the race day, who knows? But I think that was certainly the plan coming in. All right. Well, if if a drastic drop occurs and we catch wind of it, certainly we'll do our best to inform listeners of CityCast Las Vegas. Let's switch the other group, the the hardcore F1 fans who are going to be watching everything, doing everything. I'm just <laughs> curious, like if all these people are coming here or these F1 people, like what are they up to? What kind of shenanigans and hijinks do they get involved in? 
Well, I think it depends on the kind of F1 fan. And it is unfortunate that Vegas may have priced out some of like the regular F1 fans, because I feel like maybe there's a perception like F1 is like a hoity-toity sport in comparison to other motorsports. And to some large degree, that is true, right? Like F1 goes to Monaco. It's all very fancy. Celebrities are always a track. That is a thing. But like at a lot of these European races, you've got just like normal people who are just going and getting super drunk and setting off flares. And like they're basically football hooligans in Europe. And these are like people who have been Ferrari fans for their entire lives. The entire country of the Netherlands who are all supporting the one Dutch driver. Yeah. And I I think it may be unfortunate that a lot of these folks might not make it out to Vegas because of the sort of like pricing issue and the timing issue. So, but if they do, what what a time that will be. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, I've I've seen pictures of people with like, I don't know, funky hats, which isn't that surprising, but like really elaborate. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like this guy's hat opens yeah. up. So yeah, the, there's this guy at the Japanese Grand Prix specifically, maybe he's at other races too, but he has like a, a functional model F1 car as a hat. And F1 cars have this thing called DRS where basically the rear wing opens so they can go faster on straights. And he has functional DRS on his hat and he just turns it on and it's great. I love it every time. Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th. Over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas's most talked about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, EDO, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist Steve Kessler from Aroma. Tickets are $150 and are all-inclusive of food and drink, so you don't have to pay for anything once you're inside. No hidden up charges. I went last year, and it was so crowded in the best possible way. We got one remarkable dish after another, and while it was a little indulgent, here's the best part. The net proceeds go to local charities. So head on over to VegasUnstripped.com to get your tickets now. We'll see you there. Is there betting on this F1 race that is also going to be part of the Vegas scene? I haven't really heard anything about that. Uh, I've also heard that as far as the sweepstakes goes, which is like a typical car thing, it's all but over. Yeah. So, I mean, the championship itself is basically wrapped up as far as the top is concerned. The World Drivers' Championship has been won by Max Verstappen. The World Constructors' Championship for the best team has been won by Red Bull. Like that was weeks ago. Not a thing. So as far as betting is concerned, there is a lot of sports betting on Formula One sort of worldwide. I don't know how many British betting ads I've seen in my life because I've watched Formula One. So I'm sure there will be some element of that. You know, people always like to bet maybe maybe Max Verstappen won't win this week. Maybe it'll be exciting. Uh-huh. Um, I, I'm not actually saying that though. He's totally going to win Vegas. But I think that the interest is probably down the grid, right? You can bet on like who's going to come in second or third or fifth or whatever. And like that, that who knows what will happen there. So I think if there's any interest there, it's going to be sort of down, down the order a little bit. I, I keep seeing these analytics, if you will, of these giant events. And I never see them really taking into account intangibles like the poor tourist experience and how much that cost us during the three-month lead-up or shrimp employee morale 
Are the analytics all they're cracked up to be? Are those real numbers, Jacob? Is anyone vetting it, Jacob? <laughs> That's a, It's such a difficult question to answer, right? Because certainly it's easy to say like, oh, there's this many incremental visitors, right? Visitors who wouldn't have come to Vegas but for this event, right? Formula One, New, York, New Year's Eve, the Super Bowl. But you're right, like economists or the analysts, right, are simply not measuring because, and a lot of times it's very difficult to measure, right, like strip employee morale. And it's like such a complex issue right now if we're sort of like, who knows if the culinary will strike or not. And that's sort of been the will they won't they for the last month, right? Yeah. And, you know. It's, It's like a sitcom at this point, but. Yeah. And, you know, like. How do you measure how much the traffic impacts uh, the strip and specifically like small businesses, right? And like, were tourists going to those businesses? Are those businesses sustained by tourists? Are they no longer going to those businesses? You can say like, yes, um, but like no one's, I think, actively measuring those economic indicators. And so it's mm-hmm. tough to say. Yeah. Well, and there's other criticisms too, right? I mean, construction, transportation for strip employees, local businesses losing money because of these impediments that are being put there, just the way that locals and and even residents nearby are being treated, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Has F1 stepped up enough to quiet the dissenting voices? If you were to ask me if they have stepped up at this very moment, I would say probably not. I think Mm. if you were to throw a dart in a random crowd of native Las Vegans, they would be mostly F1 haters (laughs) because of traffic, right? Mostly. And I think traffic obviously drives us all crazy, but it has driven us all extra crazy this year and in large part because of Formula One. That being said, I think that there is probably a long-term plan or an expectation rather that there would be teething problems this year. And I think we've seen a county commission that was maybe disengaged at the very beginning of the of the process and has become increasingly more engaged as problems have arisen and don't want to be left holding the bag. And th- they don't want to be the ones who get voted out because Formula One was a disaster, right? So they're going to breathe down Formula One's necks. Is that going to be successful in the long term, right? I think everyone wants it to be. Certainly Formula One doesn't I mean, they don't want a hostile populace in Las Vegas that doesn't like this race, right? They want to make money too. And they want locals to come too. It's not in their best interest to make sure everyone hates it. So they've done stuff like, here's an app that makes getting around a little easier. Here's an event for locals. Here's here's all this stuff, right? And I don't think that's broken through yet. Is that different in five years? I think it's a different question and one we don't know the answer to yet, obviously. But there was also some effort to reach out to locals for practice rounds making those a little bit more affordable. Of course, that's a completely relative term. Are the practice rounds worth going to? I mean, those are the cheapest tickets. I think if you have a morbid curiosity and $200 burning a hole in your pocket, then yes, the practice rounds are worth going to. The thing is, though, it's good to like see the cars, hear the cars, watch them go fast. But like, they really are just practice. They're like, technical specifications. They're trying to figure out how the tires work. They're putting different fuel loads in. They'll put like these crazy metal contraptions on them to measure airflow rates. They'll put this green paint on the cars just to see where the the airflow is going around the different aerodynamic structures. So it's a very, yeah, it's a very weird thing for them to do, but it's also like interesting in a technical perspective, but not from like a spectator perspective. It's like, you know, would you pay $200 to go watch like a football team practice, the Raiders practice, right? Would you pay $200 to go to the Golden Knights practice? Obviously, apples and oranges. I I do like those kind of practices whenever I see um, 
I forget what they're called because I'm not a giant sports fan, but sometimes they, they'll show up on TV and you just see them running through the various drills and being timed against each other. And that does seem kind of interesting. I, I just had like a great idea. So if, if any F1 officials are listening to this, free tickets to STEM students who are interested in engineering and, and all the science of it. And that should be paired with like all the, the science people who are involved in these cars really talking to them and getting excited about it. But let's get those CCSD students out there at the track for F-R-E-E. Give a little back there. Well, and no, I think that's a really good idea too, because I think there's like multiple different kinds of Formula One fans. And I think a lot of people really are just into it because of the technological aspect, like the amount of engineering that has to go into these cars is truly insane. And just for comparison point, right? This is not NASCAR. This is not even IndyCar, right? In IndyCar, every team uses the same chassis and one of two different kinds of engines. And that's it. It's basically up to the teams to tweak it on race day, but it's functionally the same car team to team. Every F1 team basically has a completely bespoke car. There's a couple elements that are are the same from team to team, stuff like the tires, obviously, little elements like that. But for the most part, each aerodynamic concept is completely unique. And because of that, you have a wild variance in the actual performance of teams, but also a wild variance in the kinds of concepts that these teams pursue. And so week to week, you can be like, oh, what are they tweaking? They came with a different rear wing this week. How is that going to change the on-track performance on the straights? And you can get really into the weeds. That's all super duper interesting. I also wonder if you think that F1 could change how Vegas approaches big events like this. I mean, are, are there tips that we're getting from Europe? What might be a secondary impact of all this? I think right now it's tough to say because even among other Formula One races, Vegas is unique, right? Like there isn't really another Formula One race that shuts down a city like this. Yes. Even Miami, which, yeah, Miami <laughs> takes place in the Hard Rock Stadium, which is in Miami Gardens, which is like halfway to Fort Lauderdale, right? Like it's not in Miami. The closest analog is Baku in Azerbaijan, but like Baku is not Las Vegas. <laughs> and so- Correct. Yes. <laughs> and so uh, people may be surprised to hear this, but I think that there's going to be a lot of learning lessons this year. I think that how everyone, and I say everyone, I mean the city, the county, and the sport approach the race next year will be informed by what happens this year and whether or not things go to plan. And I think right now we have no idea the degree to which things will or will not go to plan. Final question then, Jacob, as both a fan and an observer, what will be your measure that this F1 was a success? I think it's a success on two levels, right? It, because I think, you know, for the sport, is it a success if people are excited about it? That they provide a good on-track experience, that the race is exciting and interesting and keeps people engaged. Because I think that a lot of long-term Formula One fans are disillusioned with the way that the sport chooses tracks. Vegas is clearly a money thing. The sport is owned by an American company, Liberty Media, who has spent a lot of money trying to get Americans to buy into Formula One. That includes not just one race in the United States, but three. And a lot of European fans who have been fans for decades look at that, and then they look at races in Saudi Arabia, in Qatar, in Azerbaijan, right? Rich oil republics with questionable human rights records that have been added to the calendar as money considerations. And so I think for the sport, they need to show that Vegas isn't there for cynical reasons. It's there because the racing can be worth it, right? It's worth it to go to Las Vegas. I think for the city, 
It needs to just not be a disaster from a logistical perspective, right? People need to be able to get to work. People need to be able to get to the track. People need to be able to get to the concerts and stuff. And I think, you know, shutting down the city needs to be worth the money that it generates for the local economy too, right? And I think those are two different measures of success that, you know, one could happen and the other might not. Jacob Solis, uh, always a pleasure talking with you. And uh, congratulations on F1 coming to your hometown. I hope you enjoy the hell out of it. Thanks for joining us today on CityCast Las Vegas. Thanks so much for having me. And that's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Hey, share this episode with a friend so they can stay up to date with all the latest spectacles coming to town. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Till then, stay lucky. I think if you're really annoyed at the sport and like have zero interest, then I implore you to think about the tax money because that's probably the only bonus that you're going to see out of this.